Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 20. I'm your host, Jenna Anderson. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, joining me today is Adam Barnhart. What's going on, Internet? <laughs> and Aaron Perrine. What's going on, guys? We have a lot of stuff that's happened, haven't we? We absolutely do. This is going to be a very chunky show. Um, BD and our producer Richard are in, en route to Star Wars Celebration, and Jamie <sighs> is dealing with renovations in her house. So we're still going to keep the party going in their absence. Um, but yeah, we got so much to talk about today. We have the new Thor Love and Thunder trailer to talk about. Um, the reaction embargo for Miss Marvel just broke, so we also can talk about that for the first time. And then we have a lot of MCU news, including a piece of news that I know Adam has a lot of thoughts about that I'm very excited uh... to hear about. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to just to start off, um, we can talk about Miss Marvel. We we have seen the first two episodes. We can't go too deep into spoilers. Obviously, we can't really share too much of a review, but we can share like our initial reactions. Adam, since you're at the top of the board, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, uh, see, I always like tend to be sarcastic. I'm like, oh man, another show without Iron Fist. But no, it's an absolute <laughs> delight. It is. Uh, it man, it's. I don't, I don't, I don't know if this, I don't want to just like go full hyperbole, but I think it seriously embodies everything Marvel's about. There's like that, I don't want to call like senseless optimism, but it's that sense of, you know, it's, it's a coming of age tale and it's, it's super hopeful and super optimistic. And it's just like a superhero story through and through, but not, I mean, it balances the whole cosmic aspect and, and you know, and things, obviously we can't get into anything, but no, it's, we watched the first two episodes. I mean, it could take a nosedive or something, probably not, but the first two episodes are absolutely great. I loved them. Awesome. Aaron, what did you think? Uh, so this is one of my more anticipated things for this year. So of course I had a lot like riding on this, whether or not it was going to be what we all thought it was. And it is. So that's good. Um, it's unyieldingly charming. Like from literally the first couple moments, I'm like, just like Miss Marvel Volume 1 was like a huge hit with young audiences, this is going to be like a lot of young MCU fans, like favorite thing. You know, you're going to see a lot of t-shirts. You're going to see a lot of backpacks, <laughs> which is a good thing. I think it's really interesting that each one of these Phase 4 projects has really found some way to like really separate themselves from the stuff that's come before while still obviously inhabiting this world. And her little slice of this world, Jersey City, is so vibrant and fun. And there's pop culture things from other stuff, like sort of <laughs> keys that 
older fans will be like, oh, look at that. That's really interesting that they made these choices. So kudos to the creative team. I can't wait to see more. I'm excited. I'm excited for you all to see it. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. I echo what both of y'all said. I think like we've spoken on the show about how we're kind of entering like the happier era of phase four after so many projects that are very emotionally dire. And I feel like this is the perfect way to kind of dovetail into that because like, like Aaron said, this show perfectly encapsulates Kamala's world from the comics and like what made it so accessible and so good to comic readers, I feel like is going to translate really well on screen. This is also the show to me that feels the most like a TV show. Like there are just actual character subplots and things that are going on where the supporting cast just feels like they would on a normal TV show and not like this is just a very long movie and they just have to exist to fuel Kamala's story. Um, I think it is there are so many creative flourishes that they do that are just like unbelievably charming. I had seen comparisons from one of the cast members comparing it to Scott Pilgrim and I was like, huh, that's an interesting choice. And then actually watching it, I was like, oh my god, I can completely understand why. And it, it all works. It gets the energy of what Kamala brings to the Marvel Universe down. And Amon Lani just is is perfect like I could not have imagined a better Kamala Khan than the one that we get from her she gets just the charm and the whimsy and the emotional weight of what she brings and I'm just I'm so excited to see more I'm ex- I'm now super excited for this show to just be out in a couple weeks because I feel like this is something that like the Marvel fandom as a whole needed this we needed to have fun with this after kind of the more dark and dire installments that we've gotten lately so yeah I'm no, I, I'm yeah go ahead I'm super uh, happy you brought up Scott Pilgrim because Mm -hmm. like you watch the trailer and I just assumed it was like stylistic choices for marketing, but that's the show. Yeah. Like that's very much the show. So I was hyped to see it. They do all sorts of cool stuff with signage and things of that nature. It's, it's cool. I can't wait for you guys to see. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, and then so pivoting to another installment in the happy MCU era, even though there, as, as people have speculated after this trailer release, might not be as happy as we think. Um, the new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder came out and there is so much to unpack from it. Um, we'll just go around first and kind of share our reactions. Aaron, since you're at the top of the leaderboard, you can go first. Uh, I really liked it. I mean, of course, we had ample notice from Marvel this time. So yeah. no getting caught off guard. Although, oh boy, I feel bad for TJ, Damon, all you guys and poor, poor Layla, who mm-hmm. was just dying to go to sleep, uh, <laughs> waiting for yeah. this thing. Uh, it, it sort of gave us enough to go on but not too much, which I kind of appreciate it. Because even if you've gone backwards and forwards through Jason Aaron's Thor run, you still don't know exactly what they're doing here. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of appreciated that. Of course, everyone looks fantastic. Uh, there are people from other parts of our company, Slack, asking me if uh, Natalie Portman's arms are real. And I haven't explained <laughs> that all those, those, guns are, those guns are there. Uh, and yeah, I mean... I, I'm just excited to see because there was so many comments and sort of opinions about certain parts that are in the trailer now that we can all see what's real and what's not and be excited about it instead of like freaking out on what we think things are supposed to be. That totally makes sense. Adam, what was your reaction? Uh, I mean, pretty much the same. It looks so darn cool. Like, I mean, I just watched it. It just, it looks so awesome. Um, it, it's colorful. It's funny. I love funny stuff, but it's Gore the God Butcher. It's not going to be funny. Uh, <laughs> some parts aren't. Um, no, it just looks, it looks so cool. I mean, 
I, I don't know. The, I We saw the toys, right? We saw the toys, and I wasn't sure on the blue and yellow suit, but that blue and yellow suit looks amazing. It looks incredible. I love the mask, the helmet, the weird helmet, what, the Wolverine helmet. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. It proves Wolverine's mask can work. There's no way Wolverine comes to the MCU and doesn't have that mask. No way. I mean, we all yeah. love Hugh's hair. Was styled with the years, but uh, no, they're 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 definitely going full Wolverine. Absolutely. No, yeah. Speaking of Thor: Love and Thunder, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, it's a nice little. Uh, t- Plus, we don't know the plot, right? Yeah. I mean, what what do we get? We know Gore's going to kill a lot of gods, but but they do so great with showing us nothing while showing us two minutes. You know, I completely agree. I think like I, I tweeted ahead of time. My biggest worry for the trailer was like I did not want to know the plot by the end of the trailer. I did not want to be able to to discern the first second and third act of this movie by the time the trailer was over and i think surprisingly they they succeeded in that regard after the doctor strange trailers and after the spider-man trailers i was very worried of like how much of this am i going to be able to forecast ahead of time and like aaron said even if you've read jason aaron's thor run you still don't know how all of those pieces are going to like come together for this which i think is great i the one thing that is distracting to me i do love the helmet I I hate that I noticed that the helmets are CGI because it is so noticeable. And it's like, I'm hoping that the CGI is like slightly more refined in the finished film because it was like, why can't these just be practical? (laughs) Like that was like my one gripe with the trailer. But everything else, everyone looks great. There's just so much fun energy here. While, as we said, there's levity and super cool action scenes at the same time. Um, But yeah, so we got our first look at Gore the God Butcher after getting Lego figures and Marvel Legends and every other piece of merchandise except for the actual thing. We finally got Gore um, played by Christian Bale. He has a nose. He doesn't look exactly like he does in the comics, but that still ended up being okay. What do you guys think of how Gore looks is being represented in the movie? Uh, Adam, as the person who started this chat when the toys uh, surfaced on the internet, in the site, I feel like you should just go first because you have stronger opinions than me. I believe. Well, I got stronger opinions. I don't know if I I should say them. We got we tried. I don't like it. All right, I don't like it. I don't like it. It could look different, but I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm still here for it. I love the. So I got high. See, he like walks out of the Venom stuff, which we'll probably talk about sometime. But he like walks out of that stuff. And I'm like, wait, they took off his nose and then he takes down his hood and then he doesn't. Um, Gore does evolve and stuff. So I'm still holding out hope that um, he might get the, the tendrils and stuff. I'm not going to say it's a one star movie or give it a thumbs down for not being comic accurate. You know, I just think the comic one looks somewhat scarier but then i also realized that nobody would know it's christian bale you know casual moviegoers probably won't know it's him the way it is they'll be like who's this spooky guy um <laughs> but whatever man i mean all i want is that helmet you know how marvel legends does like the life size stuff hasbro get on that weird helmet that looks cool <laughs> so what you're saying is gore made it a movie where you're just going to get a large popcorn not an extra large popcorn at this point <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I love <laughs> Rock's one of my favorite movies. So, I mean, I was like, I was already at like three extra large popcorns. So, we'll see. I'm not like a medium or small quite yet. That makes sense. Aaron, what did you think of Gore? Uh, I, I get like both sides of it because I do understand that we're not bringing in Christian Bale and paying the Christian Bale salary for us not to see his face. But I also 
know that people like it to be like the comics and i hope like adam hopes that maybe at the near the third act of the movie maybe the sword makes him look a little scarier like he does in some of the panels which could absolutely happen because if you notice he has tattoos right here and right Mm -hmm. here at some parts of the trailer and then he has scarring going on and others so i'm like oh there's something something funky going on here also it looks like he's stabbing some planet or something. He's stabbing the ground with a very normal looking sword that does not look like the sword in that isolated shot of him on the cliff face, like picking it up with his crazy prosthetic nails. Um, <laughs> I just, I, they, they've really been hyping his performance like Taika and other people in our industry have been talking about how scary he is, how horrifying he is. And then Taika being like, he's the best villain we've ever done in MCU. So as long as they deliver that for me, he could look like whatever. Like he could be, you know, he could literally just be Christian Bale walking out with no makeup the entire time. Be like, what happened? He's like, I'm going to kill all of your gods. I'm going to kill all of them. As just Christian Bale, not as Gore the God Pitcher. <laughs> I I completely agree. I think it is a thing you don't pay Christian Bale to put CGI dots on his face and not have him look like Christian Bale. Like I know when we like when he had initially been cast in the movie, people were like, "Is he playing Beta Ray Bill?" Because I feel like he would actually turn his face into a horse face if he was asked and if he was given enough time to prepare. Um, so it's this thing of like I I know he is going to bring such a good performance that I don't mind if the design of the costume is a little bit different. Um, I did want to ask. I know Adam can probably speak to this a little bit better. I know Aaron loves his black goop theory with the MCU and there's a lot of gore, of gore stuff that's tied to null and black goop. So can you give like the cliff notes version so that people can be a little bit more familiar with that? Uh, yeah. So essentially the sword gore uses or used during, you know, the God of Thunder run um, was, was redcon. Do we call it redcon or explained further really recently, like almost as recent as they were writing the script for the movie. Um, that the sword itself is actually the first symbiote ever created by Noel, the God of the void, which is you guys, you guys read, you know, Donnie Kate stuff. It's, it's like heavy metal type stuff. So, I mean, we're talking rights issues here. We're talking what's, what's going on, you know, can Marvel use symbiotes or, or something like that? Certainly probably not in this movie, but you know, maybe whatever, you know, so essentially, I mean, the the prevailing theory, I mean, this is how fractured my brain is, guys. When I saw that scene with the the creepy black stuff, I'm like, Venom. uh, (laughs) uh, No, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's we'll see. I mean, they could just give him the sword. They could give him, you know. Maybe are they going to call it all black? Are they going to call what? What's the sword's name? Does the sword get a name? Is the sword a symbiote? Probably not. But that is the the comic lore, if that makes sense. The sword's actually a symbiote. But we do know from what Spider Man that there is a chunk of a symbiote in the thing. And and they were at like a beach bar type thing when the symbiote left, right? And Gore does pick up the sword on a beach. So, who knows what I, what it is? We'll I see. Think, we'll see. We got I, like a month, right? I yeah. totally believe that at some point the sword is going to talk to him. I don't have anything to go off of, but I think the sword's going to talk to him. They're not going to do anything else. It's just going to whisper in his ear a little bit, like, or you're going to hear some weird disembodied voice. And I feel like we're at a point in geekdom where half the audience will lose their stuff. 
uh, if that indeed happens. But like, you can't do all this breadcrumb dropping about the symbiotes and not have it all linked together. I mean, we've already seen another weird sword that looks really strange, strangely similar, and like inch towards for uh, for Dan Whitman. Like, was it six months ago? So, like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that I. I wouldn't totally get my hopes up. It's not like he's going to be like, you must kill the gods, Eddie. Like, it's not going to be that. <laughs> but but I feel like it's going to make, it's going to encourage his bloodlust, I guess, right? Yeah. I love your unified theory of black goop. I love how, I love seeing how this fits into that. Um, another theory that a lot of people have after the trailer is whether or not Jane might have gotten blipped because when she and Thor are talking about like how long it's been since they've seen each other, there surprisingly is about a four or five year difference between the date that the amount of time that Jane gives and the amount of time that Thor gives. So do you guys think that there's a possibility to that theory or do you think it's just a thing of like time has just passed weirdly for Jane. Jane has had a lot of stuff going on and Thor is more obsessive about when their relationship ended. Um. So it's kind of pretzel-like, right? Yeah. Because I, she never was aware of his presence in Endgame, was she? I don't know. Like, because if he, she was aware of his presence in Endgame, like, I, I I don't know how that fits in. But, like, it, there is, like, a funny discrepancy and some other reported stuff from the script from Infinity War Endgame that she was, in fact, blipped. But we thought that Wong was blipped, too. And he's a Sorcerer Supreme. So, like, I don't know how much uh, we should take that as law. Uh, I, I could, I feel like it, it is, they are playing up a lot of, like, oh, Chris Hemsworth has been literally counting the hours since the last time they saw <laughs> they saw each other. So it could be him taking it to, like, uh, really, really very sweet, but also kind of uh, uh, degree. <laughs> I feel like that might be it. Yeah, totally. Um, and then another thing that a lot of people have noticed from the trailer, um, and I know Adam in particular was decoding all of this. So there's the one shot with Jane, like activating the hammer, having lightning, and there are a bunch of statues behind her. So Adam, do you want to run through who we think those statues are? Because I know the Living Tribunal Hive is very happy that he keeps progressively getting more and more Easter eggs in phase four. So I'm curious. I want to hear your reaction. Yeah, I'm t- Totally super disappointed that again, Daredevil wasn't the statues because in War of the Realms, also from Jason Aaron, <laughs> he becomes the Heimdall of the universe spoilers for a two-year-old comic series. Uh, but no, it's uh give us the living tribunal. Like the gods are getting killed. When, when if someone messes up the multiverse and causes incursions and everybody's dying, and that doesn't warrant the interference of the ultimate judge being what does i mean killing gods right like ah whatever um yeah who knows it's it's positioned in a way we only really see two on the right which are clearly the living tribunal and the watcher um and then the left ones were what death and um and the far ones some people think infinity um and the middle one might be a pile of rocks. Some people say it's uh, Eon, who is um, like spaceman thing with an eye on his head. Um, so it looks like Thanos to me. The chin. It could just be a pile of rock. It is super interesting that um, Jane's involved in this scene. Is this how Jane 
gets the powers. I mean, are they going to follow those, you know, Jane's comic storyline and does she get close to death or pass away from her illness? And these beings revive her because maybe Gore killed all gods or something. And we don't have the time stone. So we have to reverse time. They're cosmic beings. Show us, show us that. I mean, Taika said it was the most crazy movie he's ever made. Right. Why not? If you know, here on earth, our gods are the supreme beings, right? But in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor is a god, and Thor drinks mead at the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> so in the MCU, there needs to be someone above the gods. I mean, one could say, um, you know, Thor, Love, and Thunder, the, the hierarchy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> will change with the introduction of the Living Tribunal and other cosmic entities. Who knows? They're probably just statues. It's it's the same thing on uh, Sakaar. Um, you know, we saw Man-Thing on Sakaar, and we'll probably eventually get Man-Thing. We saw Beta Ray Bill. We saw who else? A bunch of other crazy people. Whatever. They're, they're probably statues, but you know me. I, I go turn it up to 12. Show us everything. Show us Iron Fist punching the Living Tribunal and Thor Love and Thunder. You know, let's just full send it. That's all I want. Perfect. I, I do agree that that felt like a Thanos chin. Like, mm-hmm. that was totally my first reaction was that that was a Thanos. Mm-hmm. And oh. the statue's right by death. So maybe they're holding hands or something. Very comic accurate. Again. Sure. Yeah. Thousand percent. Um, and then some other cool things in the trailer. Um, it looks like Valkyrie gets Zeus's lightning bolt, which is super cool. For only furthers the theories that Zeus is not long for this world. He is not going to have a lot of screen time in this movie, probably. Um, and then the stinger of the trailer is um, Thor meeting Zeus, and we finally get to see what Russell Crowe looks like as Zeus, not just from the back. Um, we do see Thor's butt. We do see that he has a Loki back tattoo, which is just a delightful little detail. It's like, of course, this, like, of course, he would be sentimental enough to get a gigantic back tattoo dedicated to his brother. I think that's just adorable. And then, yeah, we see Russell Crowe's Zeus. Um, and then the last question, which the entire trailer's framing device has kind of provoked, is Is Thor going to die? Because the way that Korg is talking to the children at the start of the trailer, he's using a lot of past tense when he's talking about Thor. So, do you guys think that that's going to be the case, or is it just going to be like we think it's the case and then it's a fake out and Thor like walks out from behind the cave or something? Aaron, what do you think? Uh, it's funny because there's so many fake outs that you really don't know right like yeah i mean that could literally not be in the movie like we have precedent for such things you know what i mean like it's hard to say i've seen that gain a lot of traction on social media that this is like the end of the movie and he's telling the kids about like thor's adventures and that's how like you know the legend of thor lives lives on i can't imagine them killing off Hemsworth in this um that just seems like it would be really wild. I mean, maybe so. And maybe it would just catch us all like completely flat footed and we just wouldn't know what to do. But I think a much sure bet is him letting Jane rock for a couple movies and him adopting some other moniker. One of the gajillion other monikers that Thor has had in, <laughs> you know, in the comics. Like we already, sadly, I don't think it's going to be Thunderstrike, unfortunately, because I feel like we use that up with, the awesome, unnecessary red <laughs> leather vest that he's rocking in the beginning of it. But yeah, I, it, it seems like a bit for the trailer. I hope that it's a bit for the trailer. Cause it would be sad if he, if he's like gone, it'd be like, Oh no, like uh, how sad he did all that pulling that freaking ship for nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Adam, what do you think? Um, uh, I think he's dead. I honestly think he's dead. I mean, the good thing about Norse mythology is, you know, Valhalla is more of a, a place than it is a, a realm or like a dimension or something. So, I mean, kill him. He could go there. I mean, I, I love both of you. Know I absolutely love Thor's arc in the MCU. It's mm-hmm. it's, but I don't see any way it ends without him dead or or super content with himself. But I don't think he can be content with himself when he's missing everyone he depended on, even though he didn't realize he depended on. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's dead. People are saying Chris Hemsworth signed a brand new deal. Um, I, I question the outlets reporting that or the sites. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think Lizzie Olsen just said that uh, there's virtually no contracts and it's just kind of like a one-off thing. Cause nobody's going to do a Marvel movie, make millions of dollars and move on. Right. They'll come yeah. back for a second one and make double the millions. Um, <laughs> but you know what, what I think he's probably dead, but I, that doesn't mean the end. I mean, they could, you know, there's they could go to hell. They could go to Valhalla. I mean, it's all cut out in the in the tree of life, right? The tree of life and Yggdrasil and and all that stuff in mythology. And, and they've barely really dipped their toes into that. So if this is Chris Hemsworth's the movie, you know, we saw him on the, the rap <laughs> photo. Mm-hmm. We saw him on the rap photo with the the logo of the tree of life. So who who knows? Well. We'll see. I think Thor's dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have two completely conflicting POVs. I'm. I can go either way. I think like I would not be surprised if Taika did it as a fake out, and it ultimately we we think he's dead, and then he ends up being okay. But also, Taika is very good at heavy emotional beats. Anyone who's watched Jojo Rabbit knows that in spades. So it's like I could see him if this really is Hemsworth's last movie. I could see Taika being able to stick the landing and give him like a proper send off. But as you said, I feel like even if he dies we still have secret oars eventually on the horizon. We still have other ways just through Norse mythology that he could appear. So I think like, even if he's dead, he's not going to be fully gone. But that being said, Taika did do an interview with total film that kind of has to do with what we were talking about. Um, and he was talking about Thor having a break and then seeing Mjolnir for Jane. It was like, it's the idea that someone is taking his place. I think a lot of fans are going to potentially assume, Oh, okay. So this is a passing on of the torch. I'm not privy to any plans that Marvel has for the future, but I don't think that's the case. So it seems like he's suggesting that even though Jane is going to be Thor, there might be room for both of them. And they like Thor himself might not necessarily die. So we'll have to see. And then he also said with what we were talking earlier about Jane's storyline, he said, we stick pretty closely to Jane's storyline and what happened to Jane, because that was such an influence on the film. We were trying to take the best parts of that. So hopefully we can just hope for the best and trust them to kind of interpret this the, the way that it would make sense. But yeah, I could go either way, whether or not Thor dies. I think we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, did y'all have any other thoughts or reactions to the to the trailer? How are Valkyrie? Uh-huh. Like, do we have any idea? Like, of the, of the, we heard some weird stuff from Tess Thompson about her like powers in, oh, yeah. in this, and there's not a single hint of any of that in these clips. Not even I do kind think- of. Because I remember when she said that, she then had to backtrack and be like, I was just talking about in the comics, like this isn't necessarily a thing in the movie. You know, it's not a Photoshop. So like, we'll just have to wait and see whether or not she, like that actually ends up being a thing. I'm just happy we got to hear her like actually have dialogue and we got to hear her Jane be in the little gossip corner. Like it was just excellent. So I like, 
yeah, I'm just happy that Valkyrie's in this movie to begin with. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to break down more MCU news, including the first details about the Daredevil reboot. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, we're back. Um, thank you to Peter, our producer, for the wonderful mid-show graphic of giving Thor a tattoo. That is just top-notch. Um, but yeah, so we, we have some other MC news of the week to talk about. Um, Adam, do you want to talk about kind of the Echo news that has come out in the past week? Yeah, Echo, um, Marion, I, Marion, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm so sorry. I don't want to say it. The head writer of Echo shared a uh, photo of, of production starting with uh, director Sidney Freeland. And um, on the slate is a new logo, more contemporary, maybe than what was previously revealed. Um, maybe it's the final version that appears in the opening title and all that stuff. But as we've seen, with everything else um the logos change i mean thor love and thunder is on its sixth or seventh logo you know so we got a new logo echoes filming um the possibilities for the series are endless i'm i'm also excited to see where where they go with her and the good thing about echo is it it has the best chance to be one of marvel's most original stories yet i mean i don't think echoes ever God, she's she just got like a one shot because she's spoiler alert the, the Phoenix in the Marvel universe, but she's never had a self titled series. She's always been a supporting character and all this stuff. And there's not just that there's not that much source material to pull from. Um, otherwise, it's just remaking those comics um, panel by panel. So uh, yeah, it's it's Marvel Studios' best chance to make a completely original series, and it's probably going to be Marvel's most original series. And and I'm excited about that aspect for it. It has a, a stacked cast. The the director behind Reservation Dogs is is helming it, or at least part of it. Um, I it's 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 always good for for the variety, right? We're going to space with Thor: Love and Thunder. We're going to um probably some underwater places and black panther too and then we're going to jersey city with miss marvel and then we're going to the swamp and the nexus of all realities with man thing and the halloween special and then christmas and all this stuff so why not another street level series and 20 next year right it'll probably be a 2023 thing Hopefully. Plus, you guys know who comes with with Echo, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't even need to say the words. You, you guys just know what characters come with Echo. Your your best yeah. friend, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do have to say to your logo point. As a She Hulk fan, it is like never expect a logo to be permanent. Like it'll it'll probably change at some point. But I do like the new logo mm -hmm. that they're using for production. I hope that that sticks in some way because it's very cool. I, and I totally agree. I think this show is going to be something super special and super unique. Also because of the fact that like she's never really had a solo comic so i feel like there's a lot of narrative mm -hmm. um possibilities with her aaron what do you think 
I just really happy for Lockwood Cox, man. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine like working in freaking warehouse. And then two years later, it's like, oh, yeah, we're getting a giant Disney Plus series. That's just me. And it's not an adaptation of anything, any one comic run or anything. It's just like we're doing this all native production. Like mm-hmm. writer's room has very good like representation across the board. It's going to be really interesting. And I and it's fulfilling one of those things that a lot of us want from phase four right now, which is I'm going to go on this thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. And that is a great feeling. You're just like, oh, well, I'll just be completely surprised. I, I can't wait. And she was really good in Hawkeye, Damon. I agree. So and it's going to be it's going to be a good time. I know a lot of people are like, we'll be watching from the when when, when is our boy going to show up? And I think her adventures on her own will be very fascinating to watch too. In addition to all that. Absolutely. So Adam did mention it a little bit, but do you want to talk about the black Panther related rumors and news of the week? Sure. Um, so there was a rap gift for black Panther Wakanda forever. That's uh, making the rounds and it has a little bit of like Aztec flavor that we were probably, some of us were surprised to see. So basically uh, it's a, like a hat with the uh, Aztec, like Jaguar God, sort of like, you know, a sort of like cartoonized version of it on there and some writing uh, in, in like the, the sort of fictional language in Marvel Cinematic Universe for what we assume is going to be uh, like the bad guys uh, people. I'm tiptoeing around this so hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there's so much that has like, come out in the last week like mm-hmm. and i haven't seen a single clear picture of some concept art from this movie <laughs> but uh the jaguar god stuff is interesting because it's like man everybody kept asking kofi has a wonderful piece on the side about recalibrating our like sort of expectations about phase four but it does seem like it is starting to come together like it is starting to like sort of coalesce i know it felt really scattershot here in the beginning, the opening frames of it. But this is what the third thing that we're going to have different sets of gods in judging by. And I guess that's how you how you feel about like the TVA. But yeah, third or fourth thing with a bunch of like weird sentient people running other people's stuff. Um, So it's exciting to hear that that's sort of the direction they're going to go and that it's like all sort of coalescing together. Um, that this also would point to a very different origin for the villain of Wakanda Forever <laughs> that does not seem like it is derived from the comics in any like in any sort of incarnation I've heard, but would be interesting and would link it to Eternals because isn't the Battle of Tenochtitlan uh, like isn't that like related to the Aztec yeah. region and mm-hmm. you would think that their gods would step in there too to like you know help them out and it was like no. It was just freaking, uh, you know, like, you guys can't do this. But I think we should let them because we need to feed the celestial egg in the heart of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gods asleep at the wheels uh, mm-hmm. the last, was it, four or five months, uh, half a year here. So what did you guys think of, like, the, the rap gift stuff? What do you think about it? I think it's super interesting. And I know the comments have mentioned it too. Like you said, there's a very blurry concept art, promo art photo, potato quality photo of 
who may or may not be the villain of Black Panther 2. Um, and I think if this is the direction that they are going with introducing that character in that world, I think it is a very interesting and kind of inspired choice. And I, I granted, I can't speak to the specifics of all of it, but I think it'll be very cool to kind of see how that's juxtaposed with Wakanda. But yeah, Adam, what do you think? Um, I think if that very blurry photo is actually accurate, uh, the internet, not only the internet, but this chat is, is mm-hmm. so thirsty. We're going to have to ready the debunking <laughs> gifts. I mean, we're just going to have to get everything on ready. Well, we all want to see. He is the oldest character in the Marvel library that's never made it to live action. Or none. Even the original Human Torch had an Easter egg in Iron Man or Iron Man Two, right? Um, so, yeah, bring it on! I, I can't wait. It's yeah. I mean, Aaron brought it up. It's it's starting to tie together. Everything has to do with gods or, or multiverses, or how's it going to be? Whatever. It's I'm here for it. I am deadly afraid of open water, though. So we will oh. see what Black Panther 2 does to my psyche. <laughs> Between that and Avatar 2, you might be in trouble. <laughs> and Aquaman 2. You just have all water water movies coming up. Yeah. Um, and then in other news, completely different universe, also tied to the multiverse, um, Madam Web is supposedly going to start filming this spring. That was according to Sony exec Tom Rothman. I would think that we are already almost in summer. I don't know what they regard to be spring. So I would have assumed that would have started production soon, um, if not already. But like we now are getting more cast members. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife star Celeste O'Connor has joined the cast. So this movie's starting to come together. Um, hopefully they will start filming soon. Hopefully we will get some sort of indication of what this movie is going to be. Because I know it's kind of become a running joke in our comic book slack of about how the if you go with the original Madam Web, this is going to be a very interesting movie. But if you go with like Julia Carpenter, it's going to be a completely different movie. So it'll it'll just be kind of interesting to see how this all comes together. What do y'all think about the Madam Web of it all? Jenna, you've been joking forever that like until we see anything of any of this, like it's just <laughs> it's just vaporware, right? Uh, and yeah. I mean, it seems like it's moving forward if you believe these executives they like super adamant that this is going to be like a thing this is going to be crazy and i just i the most popular depictions of madam web are directly with spider-man in like either spider-man anime series or spider-verse the spider-verse comic series that came out a couple years ago like how in the world is this going to make sense without like a Spider-Man attached to it is my question. And I don't know the answer to that. So it's interesting. It's fun that they're moving forward, that they're actually having ideas. Any, <laughs> all I care about is El Muerto too, Layla. There you uh, go. <laughs> Thank you, Layla. That, that's what it's really going to be. He's going to come in at the end and be like, I can do this. It's like, oh, yes. It's all just literally the Madam Web movie is not actually Madam Web. It's just Bad Bunny suplexing people for two hours. <laughs> and you can get my ticket for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we get some more things soon. I am a little bit worried that it seems that the Craven movie is further along and makes a little bit more cohesive like sense than this. Uh, but yeah, I, I we hold... We hold judgment until there's more to talk about. Absolutely. As I've joked with the Craven set photos in Slack, it, he, he looks like an off-duty dinner waiter in all of the yeah. set photos of him just in that white button-up and black <laughs> pants. So it's like, I'm very curious to see more because based on how long they've been filming, that seems to be the bulk of what we've gotten. But yeah, Adam, what do you think about the Madam Web of it all? 
Oh, I think about it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, we could say whatever we want about Sony, but I just want to say the decisions they make at that studio are just completely unhinged. And I absolutely love it. It Same. gives me so much hope to see they're making a feature film. They're spending tens of millions, hundreds of million dollars on a character that appeared in two comic book issues. Anything's on the table. Marvel Studios sees this and see Morbius makes more than $10 million. They're like, wait, but we have the Marvel Studios logo we can make. We can go even deeper into our stable and make a billion dollars off of a character nobody even knew about. We could actually get the alien race called the Viscardi in the MCU <laughs> at some point. You get, it's just crazy. So say what you want about Venom. Say what you want about Morbius. We like to more about it here on the podcast, right? <laughs> Applaud Sony for just taking the massive set they have to make movies based on whoever the hell they want to, even though those are the only characters they can make movies. But, We'll sweep that part under the rug and say, hey, they take risks. <laughs> I can tell you right now, the screening of Morbius like this coming semester at my undergrad institution, because they do movie nights in the auditorium, uh, is probably going to be rocking. They love yes. a weird movie. Uh, that's like the internet meme. There'll be a lot of Morbin out. <laughs> and I was going to say, Adam said it made more than $10 million. I, I think the actual number was $3 billion tickets, if, if the meme was Nice <laughs> um, yeah. crossing ever. Obviously. Um, and then it also related to the Sony Spider-Man of it all. Tom Rothman also said, because this was on an interview with Deadline, um, he did say that he hopes that that whole group returns for Spider-Man 4, which the interviewer was specifically talking about John Watts, Tom Holland, and Zendaya. Um, so we had already kind of known this. This had been hinted, I think, when when Watts left Fantastic Four. I think this was in, buried the lead somewhere in there. Um, but so knowing that Zendaya would hopefully come back for 4 and John Watts would hopefully come back to direct is definitely interesting. We'll have to wait and see how that actually manifests because I still, I could see Watts coming back and doing the next trilogy, but I also could see him being busy with the new Star Wars show that he has and kind of having to pass the torch to another director. So what do y'all think? Do you hope that John Watson's in day of return? I mean, I, I would like it um, just because, I mean, I'm always down to see other people's takes on this stuff. I mean, the funny thing is that I, uh, I talk with another one of my friends who really likes film, who doesn't do all this comic book stuff and is very just like dips their toes into it. And he's just like, what do people really love about those Spider-Man movies? And I'm like, they're just really like dependable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you get your, you get your drink from whatever eatery you, you want and you take a sip of it. And if you don't expect like, you know, like if you order a Coke and then you open up the can and it's milk, you're going to be a little <laughs> bit upset. Right. But every time you open up the drink, it's like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I expected. It's serviceable. It'll have the last. It'll have like the tone we're looking for, like that sort of stuff. So he's very dependable in that way. I love Zendaya. So I would like her to be in it still. I know that a lot of people want Black Cat. I know a lot of people want Gwen Stacy. All, all that is great. They can both be in the movie. <laughs> is my answer to that. We can have all of it. We don't have to choose. Why do we have to choose? For what? Um, so I hope that does happen. I hope that she comes back. She seems like she'd be kind of like busy too. Like I'm surprised she hasn't signed up to anything, any bigger franchise stuff 
than this. So that if you if that if you want to read into that like we'd like to in these nerd circles, maybe that means it's further down the tracks than we thought, you know? Yeah. I will say it is the most on brand thing for Peter Parker to have like three different love interests in one movie. Like that is the one thing that I feel like we haven't really gotten into. And I, I would love to see that in the fourth movie. But yeah, Adam, what do you think? Uh yeah, I want to see Spider-Man four solely for the reason because I want like a, a the Sinister Six, but the chaos of introducing six completely new actors and villains <laughs> instead of everything that they've built on before. That's the only reason I want Spider-Man four. Perfect. <laughs> Aaron, before we get to Daredevil, do you want to talk about the um, Agatha House of Harkness news? Sure. In in honor of one Jamie Jarak, yes. I will give you guys the lowdown on we have some new writers for Agatha House of Harkness. Uh, the WGA listings uh, revealed that uh, Cameron Squires, who wrote episode seven of WandaVision, and Laura Downey, who wrote episode eight, are joining Agatha House Harkness, which is now tabbed for a 2023 to 24 release. So probably next year, maybe early 24. We can we can all dream. I feel like they're just going to keep adding more and more of these to every year. So mm-hmm. buckle up. like It's just going to be packed every two months, a new <laughs> Disney Plus series for us to watch and geek out over. It's great. Um, I like that they're going to try and carry over some of the tone from WandaVision. And I know everybody's aching. Like, um, my, after my dad and his fiance went to see Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, they had not seen WandaVision. And I told my, my prospective stepmom to go back and rewatch the series. And she was so heartbroken when I told her, I'm like, there's probably not going to be any more. Like, I don't think there's going to be a season two. They're like, no, but I want more. And I was like, I mean, there's like Agatha series coming up. That'll be fun, right? And it's like sort of like giving the kid like the <laughs> second in line. Plus you're like, there'll be this, like I hope. <laughs> but Catherine Hahn is no one's second runner up. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, and also they're very tight-lipped about what this is going to be about too. We have no clue uh, what this is going to be about. All of us assumed it would be an ensemble thing and it's probably not going to be an ensemble thing now for reasons that we're not going to say here because there might be people in the chat who've still not seen the movie. Uh, But yeah, what do you guys think? Are you excited for more Agatha? More musical I'm, numbers. I'm excited conceptually for this show because I think it, it is the most on brand thing to have WandaVision be this ode to sitcoms and then to spin off the most successful character from the sitcom supporting cast of like that has happened thousands of times in like the 60s, 70s, 80s. So it's like, of course, Agatha would naturally get her own show. I'm so curious to see what the tone of this is going to be and how mm. sitcommy it may or may not be. So I think just having more Catherine Hahn is cool. I think getting into the magic of it is cool and having WandaVision people on board definitely helps so yeah adam what do you think yeah i i hope it's spooky i hope it's fun i hope it's hilarious i can't uh i can't wait speaking of characters that don't have that much source material i mean it certainly has more than echo but uh you know what let's start the campaign right now of getting bova in um, yes. And Agatha, House of Harkness, please. We got the Green Minotaur. He, he was supposed to speak. Maybe he even groaned when he almost died. But <laughs> we're halfway there. Give us the talking cow. Let's let's get Bova. Someone in the chat, come up with a hashtag. We need to start the campaign right now. Um, Bova for Agatha, <laughs> something like that. 
<laughs> Marvel, I completely agree. Marvel, give us a Bova and Tower at Tea Party, and I will Ooh. never. I, I I will I will shill for anything. This is why we need to bring back the one shots so we can just have something like that and it can just exist on its own. That would be great. Um, And then our last piece of news, speaking of fan campaigns and speaking of hashtags that Adam is intimately familiar with, um, (laughs) it was announced last week that we are getting a Daredevil series on Disney+. Plus. Adam, do you want to go into the specifics in your initial reaction? I know anyone who follows you on Twitter has seen that you have a lot of thoughts about this. My initial reaction, it was, Aaron knows what I'm talking about, the Kevin Garnett give. Anything, Anything is possible! Is possible. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it was hilarious. Um, uh, Charlie Ridgely called me. I hadn't even been on the phone, and I got a call from Charlie, and I picked up. He's like, Adam, you need to get on the internet right now. I said, why? What happened? I thought someone died. And then I opened up Slack, and I cried. I sobbed. I wept for days. No. I was like, oh. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're getting we're getting there. I think we all knew we were getting Daredevil. Daredevil's, I mean, as A-list as Marvel gets, right? Um, so I thought we were, I think we all assumed we were getting it. But we're getting it. We're getting a Daredevil series. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will come back. And I'm sure we'll get a, a suit that is not a scarf tied around his head. And I'm sure we'll probably get some cool swinging baton shots that Marvel Television could never afford. We might get, you know, the beast with the hand. I remember back when everyone thought um, Ms. Weaver was playing the beast in the Defenders. How wrong we were. Um, but uh, no, we're getting a Daredevil show. And um now I don't have any hashtags to tweet about positively. <laughs> so that's why we need to start the Bova hashtag. Yes, Bova, Kofi's please. in here with House of Bova, and I think that's excellent. I think we should go with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Daredevil reboot is being... The head writers are Matt Corman and Chris Ord, who co-created Covert Affairs and did some other movies. Um, this supposedly will be a continuation of the Netflix series, which like obviously we've already had Kingpin and stuff. I know we've debated about this many a time on this podcast, but it seems like now that these shows are on Disney+, Plus, that, that does make sense of the way to go narratively. Um, Adam spoke to like what he wants to personally see return. Um, the one thing that I did want to ask about though, and I know you have debated about this with many people on the internet, does it need to be rated R? I, I am in the camp that it doesn't. I know you have spoken about R-rated stuff so many times, so I'm curious what you think now that this is actually in the works. Um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... Sorry, I'm going to process my thoughts here so yeah. I don't... Um, um, upset people um, or say something I shouldn't that gets me fine. No, it doesn't need to be rated R. Uh, look at every single Daredevil comic that's ever come out, even the darkest ones. And they've never had, you know, they've never been rated R. They, they don't need the, the, they don't need it. I mean, what do we want to see Kingpin drop an F bomb? You burst me in front of bleeping Vanessa or so. I mean, what, <laughs> what, what's, what's the rated R for? I mean, the, that's the thing. I mean, people think of Blade and people like hail Blade as the harbinger of R-rated Marvel. Blade was rated R because of the the ice skate uphill, <laughs> the comment and the blood rave at the beginning of the movie. Without he stabbed vampires and they disintegrated and there weren't wasn't any blood. Uh, that's exactly what Marvel's going to do in its Blade movie. And it's not going to be rated R. I mean, Netflix was TVMA or whatever. I mean, I don't even think streaming is is rated. But nothing in that series even stood 
out as Raider out. Kingpin took someone's head off with the car door. But even in that process, you don't see his eyes dangling from his head like The Walking Dead and, you know, whatever. I whatever it doesn't need to be rated r i mean it's it doesn't need to be rated r they're gonna do fine with it they're going to bring in awesome stunt people if they don't do a hallway fight that's like that's the type of stuff that might i mean annoy me i mean we got a pseudo hallway fight in hawkeye the one shot car chase or whatever but daredevil doesn't need to be rated r i mean and this is coming from a guy that said every superhero thing ever must be rated r you're like <laughs> we need a hard r miss marvel i can't wait for hard r just decapitating venom and like a sailor uh, no i mean daredevil doesn't need to be a hard r guys I mean, maybe maybe we'll get an adult. I mean, we're getting Deadpool. I mean, even then, I mean, we could go down that slope. Deadpool's not even an, an adult character in the comic books because he jokes about chimichangas all day. But yeah, whatever, you know, I mean, <laughs> Daredevil does not need to be hard. R. we've seen someone decapitated or cut in half by Captain America's shield? One of the most iconic pieces one of the most iconic MacGuffins in, in the world of pop culture. And there was blood and probably intestines and maybe some chunks of lung dripping off the shield. I mean, what, what else do you guys want? What, what do you, what do you want? Do you want Daredevil to like shoot people? I don't, I don't know. Daredevil does not need to be R rated. It'll I be fine on Disney plus. I agree. I think we've had more than enough on Disney Plus. I always like to remind people, it's like the very first Disney Plus series, Mando, opens with him oh, cutting man. a guy in half with a with a door. So it's like anything is possible. There there is a lot of creative ways to show violence and show brutality without having to directly make it like TVMA <laughs> rated R, whatever. So I think there is there's a lot that you can do here in terms of a potential. I'm just happy that he's back. Aaron, what's up? Oh, I'm just laughing at everybody in the in the chat. I mean, like, I came in at hard R. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Please watch the rewind. It'll all make sense. Please. There you Trust go. me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like like Adam to Adam's point, I am not a Daredevil super fan, but like the comics that I have read, his relationship with violence and his relationship with how that intersects with his religion and stuff is something you can play with in a fun way that doesn't always have to be TVMA. I think you can you can do it in a really fun way. I personally love the Mark Wade run. Daredevil. I think if there was any element of that, I think that would be cool. I think, you know, there are rumors he might appear in another show that is set on the West Coast, so it would be very cool to lean into that. But I think this character has been around for so long and there are so many different swaths to his portrayal that, like, you can make the show work and keep the energy of the show without having to totally keep it the same. But yeah, Aaron, what do you think about it? The only thing that needs to be R in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Squirrel Girl. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. I mean, I I think after all the like pearl clutching that went on after Multiverse of Madness that we could get down a PG-13 all day now. I feel like mm -hmm. it, we've proven that you don't necessarily need that. Heck, I mean, we talked about after the Batman, like, yeah, you could probably get this done without doing all that. And it can still be intense and affecting and engrossing without necessarily relying on like the shock of like, oh my God, it's rated R to like get it across. I mean, what is the Marvel Comics edict or the Marvel Studios edict is just to tell good stories, right? And as long as it's telling a good story, it can be more intense or it can be, man, I need to get, you know, like, oh my God, I'm going to flunk my classes, you know? <laughs> and the, the stakes are exactly the same. Like, I, that's one of my flourishes I really love from No Way Home is mm -hmm. that he is infinitely, 
infinitely more like upset about we're not going to get into school than like the rest of his life disintegrating yeah. in front of his eyes, which I'm like, yeah, as like a 16, 18 year old person, you're like, but I can't go to the dance. What are we going to do? And that's like <laughs> Thanos attacking when you really think about it. Uh, it's just very, I, I, I have faith that they're going to choose the right people and put them in a place to be successful and we'll get good stories out of it. And I know that a lot of the Daredevil fan base have been waiting for this for a long time. And some of them might not be as like open to it as Adam. But if you listen to Adam and Comic Nation's other po- like podcast conversations with this Nofrio, this is the same. Mm-hmm. This is as close to as the same as you get. So I don't think they would just willingly just tee everybody off with like, oh, we're not. We're just going to ignore you guys on purpose going to be g-rated it's actually going to be claymation like they're not going to do that so (laughs) it's going to be a preschool series and like yeah we have we have parental controls on disney plus now for a reason so it's like if this show has to be something that is behind the parental controls then like so be it but if it doesn't that's also okay too um and then kind of the last bit of daredevil defenders related news is Kristen ritter and mike coulter posted a photo together recently just off of the like tale of this being announced. So do like that obviously sparked speculation about whether or not they could come back as Luke and Jessica. Um, do you guys want to see that? How, like, I know Adam does. I know Adam wants a full iron fist <laughs> defenders, everything, but like, do, yeah. do you hope that they come back sooner than later? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll bring it all back. I, that, and that's the other difficulty we're going to get into. How do you bring in, daredevil and make it a continuation of everything else because this thing leads to this thing which leads to this thing which leads to this thing you can all you know wave away whatever you don't want with the multiverse stuff which is why it exists and it will probably never go away i don't i mean i think we're probably stuck with the multiverse for a while um are they just trolling people i don't i I I would not be surprised maybe um she scribbled something out on a sticker or a button um Jessica Jones season one is dynamite television. Yes. It's whether you like superheroes, you hate superheroes, whatever. It's incredible TV. Um, So as long as they can replicate that sort of magic, I I guess it's not really magical because it's a, uh, I mean, it's terrible content within you guys know what I'm trying to say. It's a damn good series. And if they can, uh, replicate that grittiness and groundedness and that uh, humanity and that heart. Um, bring it back. Plus, who doesn't want to see Dave Tennant come back? I think mm-hmm. we all want him in the MCU, right? Maybe? Yeah. Yes? No? Who, uh, bring <laughs> Kilgrave back. Like you said, it would be narratively very tough, but I think it would mm-hmm. be it would be really great to see him back. I do think to your point about like hand waving stuff away and dealing with the multiverse, that like I've I've made this point on the show several times. It'll almost have been a decade really since we saw these characters last. Like when you take into account the blip and everything else, you are not the same person that you were seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is there's a lot of ways that they can narratively be like, oh, so and so was left off in this point, but by the time we see them next, they're in a completely different point. So I think like they luckily have that storytelling device blipped or thrown in of like who got blipped, who didn't, how did life change for them in the meantime? And I think that that can help kind of answer a lot of those questions, hopefully, but we'll see. 
Um, but yeah, do either of y'all have any other comments about the Daredevil reboot? I know Adam can talk about it for like. No, I can talk about it all day. Like Kilgrave, I can't wait for them to like bring back Kilgrave just so Peter has to make a supercut of all the Jessica. We <laughs> 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 should just start it now. Just get it ready. Yes, just might as well start it. But um, but, but yeah, <laughs> Aaron, do you have any final thoughts about the Daredevil of it all? Um, I, I'm just excited to see what they end up doing. I'm happy for everybody that really wanted it. I mean, there was a lot, it was not a time not too long ago where we didn't think that there was going to be any movement with the Snyder fans. I didn't think there's a meeting with Daredevil. And we are clearly in a different world now. We are clearly in a place where literally anything can and will come back and you should be prepared for it to, ca- to come back. I mean, we had freaking Ben Affleck's Batman show up in Chippendale over the weekend. So anything is literally <laughs> possible. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I think that does it for today's episode of Phase Zero. This was so much fun. We had so much to, to go through and I think this this was really great. Um, Aaron, do you have any closing thoughts or final plugs? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Simulate Hornet. Uh, I am actually doing the review for Miss Marvel. So uh, in what is it like a week and a half? You can mm-hmm. look out for that. Yep. Um, and yeah, go go read some comics. And I want to <laughs> keep people in like slight serious detour. Keep the people in Texas in your minds, in your thoughts, you know, as we go forward through today and be grateful for what we all have and the people in our lives. Absolutely. Adam, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Follow me on 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 Twitter at Adam Barnhart, I promise to never tweet about Zeus again. And that was all very about earlier. Um, and and go read go read comics. Go read Adam's comics. He has some great comics. Um, and yeah, definitely go follow him on Twitter to get more info about that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Jenna Lynn. You can find the show at Phase Zero CB. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our show if you haven't already. Leave us a five star review on the podcast platform of your choice. That would be greatly appreciated. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.